It is the Lake Show. Henry is the night off. He'll be back ahead of the Timberwolves and the Jazz tomorrow night. Timberwolves get a good win. Uh, Rudy Gobert getting it done. D'Angelo Russell getting it done in the fourth quarter. Rudy Gobert, a great sequence at the end of that game. Uh, just terrific. Two huge free throws, a block, and then kind of an icing on the cake dunk to seal the victory last night over Indiana Timberwolves at Utah tomorrow night. Our coverage begins at 7.30, tip after 8 o'clock, so an abbreviated Lake Show with Henry tomorrow night here on the program. Wilder Idol, they'll be in Edmonton tomorrow night, and then Vancouver on Saturday night before they return to take on the Oil in St. Paul early next week. Vikes on the road, they take on the Lions. we got another week of the NFL cranking up uh here we are in december and this is crunch time now in the nfl the playoff push etc the one thing we can say about the vikes and the lions chris tubbs is that the vikings win they are the division champs that's it it that's simple at ford field uh win and uh you're you're guaranteed a spot mm-hmm. in the playoffs you're guaranteed a division champ yeah, and to be Steve, this might be the toughest challenge that the Vikings have seen. Uh, and I don't even want to say thus far because that every week for the Vikings has been a challenge. But I, if anybody's going to overlook this and be so upset that the Vikings are two and a half point dogs, uh, you have to watch in the way that the Lions have been playing football. Offensively, they are just rolling right now. They might be the hottest offense in the NFL. And that is not hyperbolic. So let's go ahead and start there, Steve. You got the Vikings. They are two-and-a-half-point dogs in the Motor City. What are you thinking when it comes to uh, the Motor City Kitties and our skull? Well, and and number one, if if you're a reasonable Viking fan, Mm -hmm. you can look at this season at this point and say they could easily... Be six and six. They they are ten and two, and in their two defeats, they were thumped thoroughly by the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia and at home by the Dallas. Stop Cowboys. being negative. Stop being no, negative. I, this is not. This, this is just being flat out realistic. I don't want to hear it. And I will go back to the first meeting between these two teams at the People's Stadium, and if the Detroit Lions had a coach with a brain. The, the way that game was managed, I'm still angry. And I don't care whether the Lions win or lose. If you're a Lions fan, you still have to be beside yourself on how that game got away at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Detroit Lions had that game won and found a way to law, to lose. And the, the, the Lions, while 5-7, and seven, are playing better and deserve to beat the Vikings. So, number one, I'm not offended by the line at all. Let's face it. Um, the the odds makers do this for a living. 24-7, they're, they're, they're trying to make sure money's on either side of this. And, and there's a reason why they installed the Lions' slight favorite. I think anybody from outside the, the, the people that wear the Helga horns... Would, would realize that's reasonable. They, these teams are, are very evenly matched. The Lions have had them, some things not go their way this year. Um, you, you look at that Viking game, okay, 
that goes the other way. They're six and six, and the Vikes are all of a sudden nine and three. A couple other games on the Lions' resume where they maybe played well enough to win, but haven't figured out how to win. And all of a sudden, these teams are pretty close. I, I think it it it's a pretty even matchup. They have an outstanding running game. Um, their defense is getting better. And you know what? Jared Goff is is way better than Mike White. He he's way better than some of the other guys. The Vikings' defense has had to deal with this week. This is going to be a problem for the Vikings. And and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Detroit Lions kept their hopes alive and beat the Minnesota Vikings straight up on Sunday. Yeah, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be a real problem for that Vikings secondary. You saw what Garrett Wilson did to them last week. And Amon Ross St. Brown uh, you know, is... I think one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it, it was Dan Campbell making some silly decisions going oh. for it in that game oh. against the Vikings. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I, and that's kind of the way that I look at it. Uh, that being said, Steve, I don't think this, this this Vikings defense eventually it's going to break. And with the way that this Lions offense right now is rolling. They put 40 up on the Jags, 28 up or uh, 25 against the uh, against the Bills, uh, 31 against the Giants, 31 yep. against the Bears. So, I think you got a team right now that's rolling. I I actually have the Lions by a field goal over the Vikings on on Sunday. And I, I don't... And, and, it's a, and you know what? It's you need to play perfect for the rest of the year to have a shot at that number one seed. I think after this week, as much as I'd love to see it, I think that number one seed is, I, I think it evaporates on Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think everything has gone the Vikings' way. And don't forget about the Lions' running game. Jamal Williams is a real deal. Now, he was held out of practice yesterday with a hand injury. Full participant today, so so he's a go. They got DeAndre Swift. Who's finally he healthy. Limited. Fi- well, he's finally healthy. For the first yeah, time he, in like a he month was and a limited half. Wednesday, but a full participant yep. today. Both teams dealing with some illness issues. We'll get into that more later on in the hour with Chris Thomason uh, as we set the stage. But, but I agree with you. I, I am fully on the side of the Lions being a slight favorite. Would not surprise me in a bit if the Lions won this football game. But it also wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings somehow pulled another miracle and out of the fire and went to 11 and 2. That wouldn't surprise me either. It's just been a strange year. But in their two defeats, they were blown off the field. Every other game has gone their way. And at some point, the law averages says that's going to even out. And it could be Sunday at Ford Field. All right, we should probably take a break, come back with the other picks uh, in a moment as we try and stay on track. And oh, by the way, more Viking talk. Chris Thomas, who covers uh, the purple for the Pioneer Press will join us following the weather at the bottom of the hour. And there is some weather brewing, not only overnight and into the morning tomorrow, but certainly next week. We'll get into that coming up here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Back to this week in the NFL. We already got into Vikings-Lions. More Viking chatter. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press on the way at 735, and he'll join us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline uh, following the weather. All right, Chris, it's up to you. Where do you want to go? What games do you want to talk about? Well, 
I think one of the fascinating dynamics right now is what's going to happen in San Francisco with no Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I look at San Francisco and they scare the crap out of me because of that defense. Like, I mean, that defense is just vicious. And they've got playmakers all over. But the problem now is that you've got Brock Purdy. And I don't know if it's Purdy good or Purdy bad for the San Francisco 49ers. They're three and a half point uh, favorites over Tampa Bay. And it was a good fourth quarter comeback for Tampa to beat the Saints. But that offense struggled for most of the game. I mean, Tampa, is Brock Purdy really going to beat Tom Brady? Is that going to be a thing? Yeah, and here, here's the thing about that. When when you get that far down the depth chart with quarterback, I mean, let's face it. Most teams, you lose your starter, you, you're done. And they they lost their, their projected starter. Uh right out of the gate, and then they go to Jimmy, and that was plan B, and he was playing pretty well. I mean, good game manager. I I think he was a perfect fit for that team. Now he's done. I I think it's a tall order. I think in that division, over their final five, they've got to probably win one more or two more. I, I I don't see Seattle going on a huge run over and and being able to overtake them at at the end of the season. If they get in, they're, they're going to be a tough out. But, man, you, you got to have quarterback play in this league. And, um, yeah, I I think, it, I think it's going to be tough. I, I I think if they win another game or two with the quarterback situation, mm-hmm. they'll be fortunate. Yeah, I, I actually still like San Francisco. But Tampa Bay, to me, is just they've been too inconsistent this year. And they just, they've gotten old really quick. And uh, just, you know, from, uh, from what I've seen. All right, let's go to a Sunday night. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Miami at the LA Chargers. To me, this is a really interesting game. Uh, Miami minus three. It's Tua versus Justin Herbert. And I mean, Tua didn't play well last week, but he's, he's banged up a little bit. I think the Chargers need this game more. Herbert and Tua, two really good young quarterbacks. Well, who you got, Miami or the L.A. Chargers? And this is a tough one because, number one, the, the teams that play at SoFi, the, the Rams and the Chargers, those aren't home games. They feel like neutral field games for for both teams. You know, the, the, the Rams, you know, the, the prime tenant, they're having a terrible year. I, 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 think it, I think it's a weird venue for those two, so I don't even call it a road game. I... I, I think Miami finds a way to get it done. I, I really like this Miami team. I, th- I think they're going to win. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to take the Chargers just because I just don't know how healthy two is going to be at this point. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Chargers, but I'm not entirely, entirely confident about it. Uh, let's but, go. But do you buy that about that, that stadium and that situation in L.A.? The, the Chargers and Rams, they, they play games there. It, it in no way, shape, or form feels like a home field advantage. Oh, no. And then when you get these teams where the fan bases travel, then then in some ways they almost feel like road teams in there. It, it's weird. It's a weird vibe. Cool stadium, but a weird vibe. Yeah, that that is not that is not a home game at all because L.A. doesn't care. They they care more about the Rams than they do about the Chargers. 
and they are lukewarm on the Rams because everybody's already got their own team. I mean, everybody out there, it's like they, they're they're coming from other places. So, to me, you've got the history with the Rams, but at the end of the day, I don't really see that as being some you know intimi- uh, intimidating uh, in some sort of intimidating environment. A couple of AFC North games I want to look at. You got the Steelers minus two and a half against Baltimore. Now Lamar Jackson's out with a knee injury. It's Tyler Huntley time. The Steelers defense is playing better. But is Kenny Pickett, he three and one in his last four starts. Does he go to four and one in five starts? Is it Baltimore or Blitzburg? Yeah, I I think this this is a total flip the coin. And I I love these AFC North tilts. I mean this this is this is great stuff. You know, there there's the dislike. There, there's true rivalries. I mean, you got Ravens, Steelers. You got uh, Browns and Bengals. And I think when whenever those teams mix it up, I I, I just love the vibe uh, of these games. And the weather's getting crummy. I I, I think it's a flip the coin. I I feel like. Um, the Ravens, though, I mean, there's a couple of excellent coaches here. Um, th- this is big for the Ravens. You know, the Steelers are are teetering on the brink. I, I think I think the Ravens deliver a knockout punch for the Steelers' playoff hopes. All right, and one more game I want to go to, Steve, because you were talking about that uh, AFC North. You got the Browns plus six at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a different team with Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, playing better. Jamar Chase is back. Uh, I don't know if Joe Mixon is going to be able to clear concussion protocol, but yeah, but even if he isn't, uh, you got some AJP Ryan who's played well. Deshaun Watson is back, but he was awful last week. I look at Cincinnati and I just don't know any way that they don't keep it rolling this week. Yeah, and it, it looks like Mixon may be good to go. That, uh, it the the reports are are leaning toward Joe Mixon is good to go. I, I was really impressed by Cincinnati last time out and the way they played against the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a terrific football game, um, just outstanding. Joe Burrow's tough. I, I I thought it was outstanding. I I I like I like Cincinnati to win this one. Um, it is a rivalry, the Battle of Ohio, all of that, but. I, I like the way Cincinnati's playing right now. I, I think they're they're a tough team, and I I think they're going to be a very tough out in the AFC playoffs again. Yeah, I, I do too. And one more game here. Let's go to Monday night. You've got New England at Arizona. <laughs> you, you, well, you'd think that Arizona, based on all that talent they have, that they'd be able to put it together a little bit more than they have. Over-unders 43.5. It's New England minus one with the Cardinals coming off a bye. Patriots are coming off that awful showing last Thursday against the Bills. That offense was just lifeless. Uh, Kyler Murray, there's something wrong with him in that offense. He's not clicking with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I, I just, I have a feeling there's a way that Bill Belichick is going to expose that. And I've got New England on the road beating Arizona. It's still an amazing. Say what you want about Bill Belichick in his career and what he's done. He loses the greatest quarterback in the history of the game in Tom Brady and has has found a way to kind of 
rebuild this thing on the fly because in the salary cap era, what he's been able to do is move players in, move players out, surround Tom Brady and have success. And then all of a sudden Brady says, you know, I, I want to get out of Dodge. I want to go somewhere else. He ends up in Tampa Bay. I, I think it is terrific. And I, I, I think they do win. I, I think the Arizona Cardinals uh, aren't a very good football team. They aren't going anywhere. And and that's another team where if if they're in the mix, great. If, if not, I'm I'm not so sure how great a home field advantage that is late in the season when when people have probably given up on on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they're very uh, it's it's very apathetic at uh, at that point or apathetic rather. So uh, that's what we got. All right, and uh, the the one that stands out to me, and I want to bring up real quick before the break, uh, Kansas City. They're on the road, AFC West tilt. In Denver against the Broncos. Broncos are terrible. Um, Kansas City on the road at mile high. Just shy of double-digit favorites. Um, I, I think I think Denver's in for a long day at, at mile high Sunday at in the 3 o'clock. Well, I mean, you're going to have a very upset Chiefs team after their loss oh, against absolutely. Cincinnati. And, I mean, Russ Wilson. Hey, Russ. Let's ride. And how bad has that been? I, I, you know, they, they get him with the idea that, hey, you know, th- this is the guy. And it, it's just been a nightmare. Um, they're, they're three and nine, all sorts of trouble. Uh, turned out that uh, maybe Russell Wilson doesn't have a lot left in uh, the tank. Pete Carroll knew what he was doing. All right, and uh, let's get back real quick before the weather break. Vikes-Lions, uh, we're going to talk more about that. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press will get into the injury report. Uh, one of the Vikings uh, predicted victory Sunday noon at Ford Field. We'll get into all of that with Chris from the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com in a moment here on News Talk. E3O, WCCO. Vikes Lions were into December. The games become more and more meaningful. So we move forward to the end of the season. The Vikings can clinch a division crown with a win at Ford Field over the Lions. They are slight favorites. And joining us on the line covers the team for the Pioneer Press. Online at TwinCities.com, Chris Thomason. Chris, I hope you're doing well. Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me, Steve. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Chris, uh, injury report for both teams uh, showing a lot of illness right now. Sure, there's uh, bumps and bruises, et cetera, but uh, illness really stands out on in these injury reports. Yeah, speaking from the Vikings' standpoint, they had five players mispractice yesterday due to illness. Uh, Coach uh, Kevin O'Connell hasn't commented on it yet. Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, didn't seem to think it was a, a huge deal, and he thought all the guys would be back. Four of them are on defense, including some defensive stars. Uh, Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith were both back at practice today, but Daniil Hunter, again, did not practice, and also fullback uh, C.J. Ham did not practice for a second straight day due to illness. So, obviously, I mean, who knows how sick Daniil is, but he's certainly a key part of the defense, and uh, he's terrorized the Lions over the years, as you well know, and uh, 
from his edge rusher position that requires quickness and stamina and everything else. So it'll be interesting to see how he is on Sunday. I mean, nobody's sent out alarms yet that he's not going to play or anything, but it uh, seems certainly possible if he missed two days of practice that he might not be 100% on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, Chris, beyond the illness on the injury report, Garrett Bradbury's been limited so far. Yeah, I don't think there's anything going on there. Back injury, he's had, you know, been banged up a few times. But if you're limited in practice, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, he he should be fine. Jonathan Bullard also missed practice. He's a defensive starter. He's got a bicep injury, so doesn't sound like he's going to play. But I think the guy to really keep an eye on is Christian Derisaw. I mean, uh, he returned to practice last Friday wearing a red no-contact jersey, and uh, that kind of led to some optimism that he could be back to face Detroit. Well, today, and that's uh, six days later, Derisaw is still wearing a red no-contact jersey. So not sure it's looking great for him playing on Sunday. The Vikings are being extra cautious with these players who have had multiple concussions, Darisaw had them in back-to-back weeks, November 13th at Buffalo, November 20th at Dallas. He's missed two games since then. He hasn't played. And then, of course, Caleb Evans has had three concussions this season, and he was just put on IR. So they're certainly being extra cautious with those who have had multiple concussions. Uh, look over to the Detroit injury report, same deal. A lot of illness showing up there. But one thing that stands out at the bottom of the injury report, uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, who's had a terrific year uh, for the Lions, those guys were full participants today. And you know, the, the Lions, e- even though they've made mistakes and are, are still a long shot to get into the postseason, uh, the the Lions have, have been playing better. And... <laughs> a few few different decisions at the end of the game, maybe by their head coach. They they win at U.S. Bank Stadium earlier this year. They not only win at U.S. Bank Stadium without some potential boneheaded coaching decisions, they also maybe win on Thanksgiving Day if they had uh, managed things better. Yep. yep. So you you reverse those two and. All of a sudden, they're sitting at seven and five instead of five and seven. But uh, yeah, it's been a weird season for the Lions. I mean, they started out like they were going to be much improved, and then they really faltered, especially their defense, which still is faltering a lot. Uh, they're thirty-second in the league in total defense. Vikings are thirty-first. So then they fell off, dropped to one and six. Traded T.J. Hawkinson, as you well know, to the Vikings. Okay, you're thinking they're playing for next year. All of a sudden, boom, they they now are uh, at least semi-alive still in the playoff race. Yeah, and say what you want about Dan Campbell, but he he gets these guys to, to play hard, and they didn't give up, you know. A lot of teams would look at that situation, as, as you pointed out on Thanksgiving or earlier in the year, uh, against the Vikings and go, God, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But, you know, they, they continue to go out there. And, and I think Jared Goff, you know, came over and Jared Goff is serviceable on, and hasn't played that bad. And it, and it looks like they have a legitimate 
a wide receiver. Maybe not Justin Jefferson, but they sure have a good one. Well, the crazy thing about Jared Goff, I mean, I would call it more than serviceable. I mean, 2018, we all saw him dissect the Vikings on a Thursday night, yep. throwing for like close to 500 yards, numerous touchdowns. And that particular season, he was being called by some an MVP candidate and leads the Rams to the Super Bowl. And then it all went sour there. And then he goes to Detroit, where they, he maybe didn't have the best supporting cast initially, but they're starting to get players around him. So uh, I would certainly call Jared Goff more at this point than a serviceable quarterback. Yeah, and uh, a legit wideout in Amonra St. Brown, uh, terrific. Once again, probably not in the category of Justin Jefferson. Few are, but uh, he's putting up some impressive numbers as well. And this Viking defense, as you pointed out, uh, have been prone to give up big yards. They've got a running attack. This this could be a wild one Sunday. Well, there's been some wild ones, as you well know, (laughs) against Detroit. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, you know, a couple years ago in the COVID season, the last game of the season was a meaningless game for both teams. I think it was 37 to 35. Did they play maybe a 40 to 32 game or something like that a couple of years ago? So, yeah, there's been uh, some crazy ones, especially at Ford Field. And Chris, did it did surprise you a little bit? I, I, I'm not sure how much uh, players or coaches pay attention to this sort of thing, but there, there's been a fair amount of outrage about the Lions being favored here. The Vikings are 10-2, and two, and with a win in Detroit, are the division champs, and you know, maybe not getting respect from the odds makers. You know, I, I kind of break it down, and I, I guess I look at it and say, you know, big deal. But do you think coaches, players pay attention to that sort of thing, that they're actually dogs on the road against the Lions? Well, I wouldn't say, say it's necessarily not respect from the odds makers. It's maybe not a lot of respect from the populace because when the line first came out on Sunday – the, the uh, Vikings were favored by one and a half, and then yep, it swung. Yeah, it swung in several days, and that's because the money was going on Detroit, and they wanted to even it out. I think it got to Detroit by two and a half. Last I saw, I was down to two, so maybe some of that money was swinging back to <laughs> right. Minnesota. But you know, there's a lot of people still just don't believe in the Vikings, and uh, I mean playing all these numerous close games against often mediocre foes. But as far as being an underdog, well, I I'm, I'm, would imagine the coaches are probably using it. If, I mean, if I'm a coach and trying to fire up the team, I'm saying yeah. we're going against a 5-7 and seven team and they don't think we're going to win. What's this all about? I mean, I would uh, certainly utilize that if I were – a coach and making a pep talk. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we have seen is uh, Kirk Cousins has has taken some punishment as of late. You and I have talked about this before. The one thing you can say about Kirk Cousins, extraordinary durability in his career. I mean, that that is worth something. And, uh, you know, I, I have been critical at times of Kirk Cousins, but you can't knock his durability. That that guy shows up and, and plays. 
Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I was talking to Peyton Manning the other day, and that's one thing he brought up was uh, his durability and how he just answers the bell every Sunday. I mean, it's incredible. The guy's never missed a game due to injury in his career. And he's been playing since 2012, been a regular starter since 2015, and the only two games he's missed since 2015 were – COVID uh, last year at Green Bay, and then 2019 when he sat out the meaningless finale against Chicago. Yeah, it's uh, it's very impressive. There's no doubt. Yeah, and he has taken some shots. There's there's got to be some concern on that front that you know you're you're playing with fire when when your guy gets hit like that, and he is not a running quarterback. Yeah, no, I would agree. And then you know you, you potentially now could. You're playing your third straight game without your stud left tackle yep, in Christian right. Derisaw. I mean, Blake Brandle's been doing what he can, and uh, he's, uh, you know, generally been admirable in how he's been holding things down. But uh, obviously, the uh, Detroit defensive coaches are carefully studying the film, and uh, certainly it would be easier to take more advantage of, of uh, Brandel than. Uh, Christian Derrissaw. Chris Thomas joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, really getting quite a season. And I alluded to Justin Jefferson, but, you know, really putting up a a phenomenal year. It's extraordinary. Yeah, although he has... uh... Yardage-wise, slipped a little bit in two of the last three games. He was at 2,000-yard pace. That was his goal for this season, but that's going to be real tough for him to uh, hit. And uh, Tyreek Hill is actually on a a closer pace to 2,000. But, uh, yeah, I think this game is very interesting for uh, Justin. He was talking today about, um, you know, facing Detroit. He had three catches for 14 yards against them last time. There's not a lot of teams that have been able to shut him down. Detroit certainly did, so it's going to be interesting to see what uh, how Jefferson performs, you know, th- this Sunday. And uh, even though they won the last time, he's probably looking at it as a little bit of a revenge game since he was uh, pretty much contained in that game. And uh, Chris, I-, I wanted to bring up the piece before we ran out of time. Uh, it's not quite Joe Namath and Super Bowl three uh, guaranteeing victory, but you did a piece on uh, one of the Vikings who guaranteed a win Sunday in Detroit. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I just was asking Jalen Rager, <laughs> who, of course, is a reserve wide receiver and punt returner, and I'm like, well, you know, what do you think of you guys have a chance to clinch the um, division on Sunday at Detroit? And he was like, We'll win the game. And I'm like, oh, is that a guarantee? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Dan Amos, January 1969, Dalen Rager, December 2022. Yeah, good stuff. I, I did get a kick out of that, so I wanted to bring it up. You can catch that online, TwinCities.com, and in the paper as well. Hey, Chris, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. All right, really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve.
There, there he is, Chris Thomason, covers the Vikes for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Uh, guaranteeing the victory. We'll, we'll come back uh, a whole lot more here on the Lake Show. Stephen for Henry here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. All the news, all the weather at 8. We'll heat up the hot stove. Scott Miller uh, lives now in San Diego, covered the Twins once upon a time uh, for the Pioneer Press, covered the major leagues for a long time. Uh does stories for the New York Times on the major leagues. So Scott's going to join us. We'll recap, uh, and and we're just going to flat out say, Scott, where is Carlos Correa going to sign? So we'll put him on the spot here following the news and weather at 8 o'clock. One other tidbit, uh, Big Day Brittany Griner released from that Russian uh, labor camp in exchange for a real bad guy. Uh, Paul Whalen's still behind bars, uh, still trying to work on getting him released. But uh, the Washington Commanders, and owner Daniel Snyder, uh, another report. When are they going to kick this guy out of the NFL, Chris? When, when are they going to finally say, sell, I we don't think want you part of our it. club? Yeah, I think they're working on it. But how bad do you have to be for the NFL to say, we don't want you? Like, they'll take almost anybody. Well, and and there there have been some terrible owners and some terrible characters, but you, you got to wonder if this is part of building the case to force him to sell. It, it's got to be. I mean, what does this guy have to do to to get kicked out of the NFL owners club? I th- I think he's getting close. Well, the news and weather in a moment. 